name is Rama Balasubramanian. I am with uh, Jensen Investment Management. Uh, and today I'm your host for today's edition of Meet a Business Leader. Um, I'm doing this as part of the education series for um, Society for Information Managers Portland chapter. Uh, and in today's edition, we have uh, Sebi Verdech, uh, who's the CEO for Clackamas Community College. He's an angel investor. He's a, he's a speaker, a keynote speaker, and a project manager, and a number of things. Uh, so without uh, further ado, I give you Sebi. Cool. Thanks, Rama. I really appreciate this opportunity to be here uh, talking with you. You know, my full name actually is Sarabjit Singh Vadach. Right? So every time I'm ready to board a plane, usually there are two, three folks in front of me. Usually there is Mr. John, right? Mr. John will hand over his boarding pass. The agent will say, welcome, Mr. John. And Mr. John walks in. And, you know, then usually is Miss Emily. And then I show up with my boarding pass and the agent says, welcome looks at me and then say, welcome, right? So that's why it's Sabi. You know, people say, can I make it more spicier to make it easier? Well, like, yeah, sure. So they gave me a new name called Wasabi. Yeah. You know, spicier version of Sabi. Um, I'm very excited to be here today in front. Uh, I'm director of marketing for Sim Portal and Chapter as well. So this is very near and dear, uh, you know, topic, talking about leadership, talking about technology, everything else around that. So really looking forward to this conversation. Amazing. So uh, so think about Ramakrishnan Balasubramanian, that poor <laughs> flight attendant. With so there you go. So, so That's why it's you. Rama. That's why it's Rama, right? It's Rama. That's yeah. Name of the so, God, right? <laughs> you take the name of the God right there. Exactly. So there are like, so many instances like these, these callers I get, like um, they're, they're the reading off a list and I yeah. have been called Rama Superman, Rama Superman <laughs> man. Like, yeah, so, yeah. so I, I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting thing is because my real name is still Sarabjeet, right? Sarabjeet. So sometimes, you know, they pick up the first four digits of the name. So think about that. The first four digits, they were like, okay, where is Sarah? I can't, I can't see her. It's yeah. like, Okay, that's really interesting. So I've seen all kind of, you know, as you said, yeah. different combinations of the name. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, no, um, that's interesting, yeah. But uh, so, um, yeah, how did you uh, kind of start your, your journey? Um, so there's, um, like, as part of this education committee, what we're trying to do is, is create uh, a lot of content for, for young professionals who are aspiring to be in leadership roles like yourself to be um, probably be in uh, similar shoes where they're investing in, in technology, um, yeah. they're they're speaking about technology. So so how did that, that kind of journey start for you? Yeah, so my journey started back in India. Uh, I was, you know, I was born in the most perfect city in the world, right there. You know, so if you don't know what's the most perfect city in the world, you can just go to Google and type in the most perfect city in the world and my hometown will show up. You know, it's Chandigarh, northern awesome. part of India, about yeah. five hours drive from New Delhi. And BBC did a study in 2016 and they said, Chandigarh is the most perfect city in the world. So here you go. So if you didn't learn anything from this, you at least learned one thing that Chandigarh is the most perfect, perfect most perfect city in the world. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, growing up in India, it was interesting. Uh, 
middle class family you know the parents there uh when you're growing up there are only basically two fields uh, for anybody right you you could very well relate to that either you're going to become an engineer or you're going to become a doctor, doctor. Yeah. right and there is a theory behind it uh, basically and the theory behind being a computer engineer we, we see so many folks into technology why is that for me basically i think this was a, a, not only you know technology sounds exciting fun sexy and everything but it's also a little bit more on the human need side of the thing and i will share that with you you know growing up in india there is no first of all there is no 100% electricity running into your home so when it's hot it's really hot there is no central air conditioning water only comes for 2 hours in the morning 2 hours in the evening but guess what if you become a computer engineer you will be able to work in a very clean environment where you will be working in a air conditioned environment for most of the time right yeah. so th- that was a big motivator saying okay if uh, if it because it gets really hot in northern part of india it, some yeah. days it could touch 45 50 degrees and you don't have air conditioning over there middle class families never had growing up you know you had coolers right if you can remember those you put water in there you know and yeah. then they will only run yeah. for an hour at night so Yeah. looking at that you know saying okay you know that's what motivated me to go to computer science because first of all you're going to l- l- work in a nice environment and second you're going to get a good job right uh, it's a, was a really good paying job that really motivated me to go into this field of computer science very rewarding financially rewarding um, you know and uh, there's a certain status associated with that in uh, also the yeah. work environment you you spot on like there have been oh, occasions yeah. when i was i grew up in mumbai uh, bombay yeah. um, and um, there was occasions where so it would be so hot that i yeah. i just get on my bike and get into the office and because it's cool, cool there <laughs> absolutely it's like it's you know i worked actually rama for two and a half years i will believe in uh, mumbai i worked for lnt infotech over nice. there last in tubro nice. and i could very well relate to that like we would actually stay in the office at night right and people were like man you're hard working people yes we are hard working but there is that human need inside where where it is okay yeah. if i go back to my apartment you know i'm not sure if there is going to be an electricity because there's so much load everybody grabs in and then there there goes your electricity so why don't i just work through the night and spend some time in the yeah. no completely makes sense yeah and yeah. Uh, and these are like um might be hard to relate to but uh, i totally hear what you're saying is because i mean it's um it's not it's not a condition you see here that which is why i keep telling my boys like listen i mean um you have to kind of adapt um because situations are the way they are and um and there's nothing wrong uh in in when working you're staying out of trouble yeah. <laughs> you know there are so many other places i could have been i know yeah. that for yeah. myself <laughs> so yeah. yeah so great no that's amazing yeah. uh in um, and at what point um, what would you say were some of those kind of uh pivotal points or turning points in your in your career where um you know you just said okay this is all fun but now i'm getting into the groove of this like i yeah. Yeah. like I want yeah. to get to the next <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely so you know i i got into a good college back in india so if you work hard you know there's so much competition there's so much 
population over there. So uh, the college I went to is called Punjab Engineering College. Oh, nice. So 20,000 20, students apply for that. And guess what? There are only 30 seats for computer science. Nice. And half of them are already reserved, right? And then you right. only get like chance at 15. So you have to be really, really work oh, hard cool. to get into that college. Got into the college and then it's like, okay, you're good. Right. right. You, you, you know, college is okay. You go through the college and then uh, you join. Uh, if you're in a good college, companies usually come on the campus mm -hmm. for the third year and they will recruit you. And, you know, that was 1995 when I joined and 99 was around the time frame when I graduated. And at that time, you know, it was a booming time for technology, very good time but also a very bad time because it was crashing at the same time, right? Yeah. So yeah. we were right there in the middle where, okay, you know, we're going to get good jobs and there might be an opportunity to go abroad. But then you, for H-1B visas at that time, you need at least one to two years experience like that. So we were just sandwiched in there because we, we were excited, but right. we didn't have that experience. But that was one time uh, when... Uh, you know, we had to at LNT Infotech, my very first job, we were given choices or sort of choices saying, okay, you have three choices. You can either go to Java, you know, uh, enterprise Java beans at that time was really hot. A uh, second one was uh, you can do SAP, which wasn't considered anything at that time. And, you know, our third was, okay, you can go to into GIS kind of work. So, I got lucky that I put into a Java thing and started working on those projects. And interestingly, the folks who were working on SAP who didn't want to work on SAP and mainframes or anything like that, they they were actually the very, got very lucky because they got their first break to get out of India into United States or UK for those kind of projects. Because of the Y2K project. Y2K project right there, right? So they turned very lucky in that sense. But Worked there for one and a half, two years, uh, two and a half years, for, and then worked for GE Capital uh, as assistant manager software development, and then moved over here uh, in 2003. And I started looking for a management job and every time got rejected, mm -hmm. every single time. First of all, I'm sick. So not many people know about Sikhism. Sikhism is world's fifth largest religion. And I used to wear a turban. Right. Okay. And 9-11 had just happened around that time frame. Okay. So there was, although, you know, you say there is no discrimination. I faced so much here okay. in Portland that okay. I was like, okay, uh, every time I go, no rejection. You don't have skills. You don't have support for okay. managing the teams and everything else around that. So I first wanted my family to come here. Knew nobody. Uh, went to see, I went to a temple, a uh, Sikh temple. And there was this professor, he was teaching at uh, University of Phoenix. And I shared my story with him. And I was like, you know, I'm getting all these rejections. How can I do? It was like, you know, you need to go and get some education that will help you. So I went to Portland State, did my master's. I still wanted to be connected with technology because I loved technology part of that. Rather than going for MBA, I went for engineering and technology management so that I can keep my technology, you know, things in there. Right. And that actually helped me to, you know, uh, because I started doing some consulting work at the side and that was a defining movement to still continue with technology. Uh, yeah, so that did for about two years and then, you know, master's completed and then I went back into the job market, still looking for a management role. 
and guess what never got one started back as a software developer that's where you know my background is so started my journey as a software developer and in 2005 i joined city city of portland as a software developer nice nice so this time uh, you went back into software with an intention to be in software not just for the good air conditioning and clean environment <laughs> 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 this time actually it was different right i always wanted to be a software application development manager right a different thought process because uh, i loved my time at ge you know managing uh, the team and everything else around that but uh, this was a great opportunity so i was like okay let me go back into software development and hopefully one day i will become uh, an application development manager right right see how you came very far from there yeah um, so what was the language that you uh, were writing code in back then yeah so started with java right so i got certification in sun certified java developer yeah. that was that, the that was a huge deal back then huge deal at that time right so did that and then uh, came to it's interesting when i was applying for the city and i was applying for so many positions i didn't even know right i had background both in dotnet i was doing that in uh, g capital dotnet c sharp asp.net actually not even dotnet asp you yeah. know vb6 you know yeah. those kind of things and then eventually started learning c sharp and everything else around that yeah. so i was applying for all kind of languages right uh, all kind of jobs whether it's java whether it's c sharp so i applied for this position at city of portland and i got selected for an interview and i had no clue like which language did i apply for right <laughs> so when i was preparing for that i had i didn't save even the job description at that time like okay so i go in there thinking i applied for c sharp because c sharp at that time 2005 was really really hot right picking java up, yeah. was picking up a lot of so i go in there and the interview was about java was like, oh my god okay no worries you know i can still swing it and uh, and they selected me i was you know there was like okay yeah good questions able to ask answer those questions and ability to you know show that experience that joined city of portland 22nd awesome. august 2005 i still remember that nice. <laughs> nice 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 that's great great yeah no so um so yeah there are, um what would be like let's just say at this point like what would be some of your um some of the thoughts for somebody who's who's going to starting out now right like um not in exactly similar shoes but uh, there's still a lot of folks in in similar shoes like yours and mine i mean our stories are not that that very different but very similar but even the, like somebody local who's just trying to see hey um, let me try to get a foothold in this industry like what are what are like um what are your thoughts where should they start today yeah yeah i think you need to be you know a master in one language whatever that is that will be you know don't run up after all these different languages uh, just be master in one though go on are the days when you could have a generic right but pick one start doing start building something in there you know you can work with uh, you can do some internships there are many organization who provide internship opportunities and everything else around that get some certification in that because that will actually give you that edge over everybody else right so once you start building code once you start building some applications you know upload those so when you're going for an interview you can actually show the work which you're doing so you have to be really good in doing something because there's a lot of demand but there's a lot of competition as well 
Yeah, no, it totally makes sense, right? Like with uh, with things like Coursera and uh, uh, Udacity, like I, I might be saying this incorrectly, but uh, you know, Udemy, the, Udemy, 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 yeah, the yeah. learning platforms, uh, Hacker Rank. I know yeah. when I was writing a lot of C sharp code, I would put that on my resume saying um, this was my Hacker Rank, and then yeah. Stack Overflow, like you yeah. know, um, how many questions you have responded to on Stack Overflow? Oh yes, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, so all of those are like, hey, I mean. The great uh, starting points, like you said, if you're if you're focusing on a particular language and things like yeah. that, like uh, I bet nobody, like one wouldn't go wrong with starting with Python these days. Oh, right? I was gonna say the same thing, yeah, right? Sure. Scripting language, right there, Python is needed everywhere and almost yeah. everywhere. So that's a good starting language to start with. Right. Yeah. And uh, and like. Um, from where you are right now, like what do you see or how do you see um, what do you call like these currently hot areas like IT security, um, cloud computing, those kind of those kind of areas? What are your opinions on that? Like, what, do you have any any recommendations, words of wisdom? Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, IT security is really, really hard. And it's been hard for the last, I will say, three, four years. And it's not going to slow down anytime soon. So even if you are not learning a language, but you still want to get into technology, getting a certification in cybersecurity or information security is a really, really good you know, certification. There are, you don't want to go to a university, go to a local community college. Like Portland Community College gives you a cybersecurity certificate. And once you clear your, uh, uh, you know, needed classes, that's a great start. And then, you know, we have seen uh, recently, SolarWinds is a great example. Yeah. So much hacks going on. Uh, as a, as a CIO at Clackamas Community College, I'm also a CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, right? So we see these hacks every single day. Even just a, a two days ago, or even last week, I will say, denial of service attacks, right? So it's, it's a na nagging thing. It's a continuous thing. And these things are going to keep growing as people become more and more, as hackers get more and more smarter. Mm -hmm. They're going to yeah. continue to hack these systems, they want this easy money. So I, I, I definitely see that information security field is gonna continue to grow. I also see that you know, artificial intelligence is gonna play a bigger part as part of information security. Right now, a lot of this, uh, a lot of the uh, assessment that you have to do is very human assessment. And there's a lot of data which you have to be done. That's where machine learning and AI can help you identifying those core data things where a human eye can make that assessment and you know make make the make those judgments. So I see you know information security playing a huge role in there. Cloud computing, absolutely. Uh, six, seven years ago at City of Portland, uh, we moved from on-premise to Office 365. And an interesting story at that time, you know. Uh, was we were on the leading edge of moving to Office 365 at that time. Right. And th th we were looking for, okay, what makes, why does it make any sense right. Right, at that time? So there are many benefits of cloud computing, like right? disaster recovery, business continuity, and everything else around that. But you have to look at your cost, right? What's the cost of moving to the cloud for next five years, right? You're going to save something. Uh, you can't just say, 
you know, cloud sounds sexy. That's why I'm going to move my infrastructure to the cloud. You have to look at the data to see whether it makes sense, right? Whether your infrastructure, uh, which is your, your present infrastructure in your data center, when is it ready for replacement? If you just, you know, uh, did a refre refresh last year, it, it, it still has... It doesn't make any sense, right? You still have three, four, five years left in that hardware. So don't Correct. make that decision where a vendor comes in and say, you know, we can move you to the cloud. Okay, do your assessment. Look at your next five years, what it's going to cost and how much money it's going to cost, uh, save you basically uh, moving to the cloud or it's going to cost more. Right. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, and to your earlier point about, um, so, so essentially be very mindful and deliberate about your cloud strategy. Yeah. Uh, don't just jump on that bandwagon um, because everybody and their parents yeah. are jumping into it. Um, yeah. Make a specific assessment for your own need and your yeah. own uh, investment profile, right? I mean, yeah. so, so that makes total sense. And going back to the earlier point about IT security and machine language and things like that, uh, it's all kind of, seems like it's all coming together, right? I mean, IT security is requiring us to keep a lot of logs and lots yes. of, you know, related artifacts uh, for longer. And now yeah. to look for where it all started, do a forensic analysis, or even yeah. just get real-time alerts, you need yeah. more than just a, a, you know, pair of eyeballs on glass, uh, yeah. you know, you need uh, that kind of horsepower with the machine computing and the, um, the, the machine learning and the artificial intelligence aspect of it too. Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally makes sense. And, and a, a plug for Python, right? I mean, uh, Python can do all of these pretty well. So it's a scripting yeah. language, like you rightly said, and uh, yeah, it just works completely well. Uh, yeah. So that, that brings you a good segue. I mean, uh, what do you think about like these, like uh, we cannot end a technology call without talking about blockchain. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you think about something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, blockchain, uh, when it it came into the picture, uh, into the mainstream about three, four years ago, right? There was a lot of buzz around that. But it's taking, it's taking so much time to get mature in that yeah. environment, right? There are, it's a really cool technology. I love it, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to find specific cases where it where you can get value out of it. Um, I was talking to another uh, good friend of mine, he's working on a startup, and they're using blockchain technology for uh, student certification. Great, neat idea. I was like, man, that sounds cool. Uh, the big thing in there is, you know, the cost of, you know, each transaction because cost and the time as well. Because when you are writing into blockchain technology, it takes a lot of time. So how do you can reduce that speed of writing those records and fetching those records, right? So that is a big piece in there. And cost is another one. So as you know, technology starts maturing more, more and more players come into the picture, more innovation happens in there. I definitely see a value of blockchain uh, getting more into the mainstream. Yeah. And uh, no, you're right. It's the it's always the same conversation, right? Cost versus benefit, that analysis. That's where um, you need the years of experience under your belt and you also need to be really aware of your business context, right? And, yes. and really, is this solving your problem, your today's problem and your next year's problem? And 
you know, yes, we have to invest in future technologies, but um, how far down the horizon is it? And how much is the investment? What's the right. ROI going to be on that one? Totally makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and, and big thing in there, Rama, what I see is, you know, uh, IT leaders need to start wearing a business leadership hat in there and build those relationships with those business leaders and show them the value of technology because business leaders don't understand. They understand the problem, right? So build those relationships with them saying how technology can help them to solve these issues rather than just pushing technology saying, okay, I'm just pushing a technology. This will solve their problem. Guess what? You are not making them a stakeholder. You're not getting that buy-in. You're going to get so much resistance because you you were you didn't your due diligence in building that relationship up front. Rick, yeah, no, that's it. Like you said earlier, I mean, um, the the point about uh, Chandigarh is is one key takeaway. No taking yeah. away from that. Related to that, Punjab is the land of five rivers, right? Punjab, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, I would add and the one A, but two would really be. Uh, Technology is a business enabler, is what yeah. I'm hearing. You know, it's it's not a it's not a means to its own end. It's it's helping provide uh, it's helping drive business outcomes, and that should yeah. really be the focus of a leader there in yeah. that space. Yeah. So no, that's very interesting. I am going to actually uh, put you on the spot a little bit here. I have been uh, looking at that monkey in the back, and I've seen uh, some LinkedIn <laughs> posts lately. Suggesting that I don't adopt the monkey, um, I I don't <laughs> plan to, but but I'm sure there's a story behind that. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, what I talk about is how do you how do you become an effective leader? I talk about three big principles in which you become an effective leader, so you don't adopt a monkey. Adopting the monkey is when people come to you. With their problems. So, so to the what, listeners, this is this is what Sebi does uh, for paid speaking engagements. So getting this for free. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead, please. Yeah. No worries. So when people come to you with their problems, right? Is it monkey which they want to give it to you? And what do we do as nice human beings, right? We accept those that monkey and we think we are helping those team members, but actually rather than enabling them, we're disabling them because we adopted that monkey. It became our problem. And then eventually in the organization, everybody knows who's adopting monkey. Sabi is. So guess what? Everybody comes in and you know, start giving those uh, monkeys to you. So the, you don't have time to take care of your own problems. So the role of the leader is to actually develop other leaders so that they can take care of those own monkeys, right? Great, great. So three principles I talk about is relationship is the first one, great. right? How do you build relationships? I talk about is do you actually get relationships? G-E-T. G stands for gratitude, thanking your team. Right. Thank gratitude for yourself, for the work which you're doing. Are you doing your high fives? Are you saying the work that your team is doing is making an impact? Be right. humble, be thankful to them. Right? E stands for empathy. Empathy is also three kinds. Empathy is, okay, I could, I could feel somebody's pain. But the first kind of empathy is that you can see somebody's going through something. Most of the time, you know, we as IT leaders are so much busy in our day-to-day firefighting. We don't spend time with our folks looking at, okay, how's it going? What's going on, right? That's the first kind of empathy where you can see it. Second is when you go and have a conversation, 
with that individual and say, Rama, what's going on, buddy? I see you're a little bit off today. Are you doing okay? And Rama, you tell me, buddy, I'm having this challenge in my life, right? Whatever that is. And then you can relate to that. Right? And you can feel their pain because you yourself, either somebody in your family or other went through a similar experience, but you can feel their pain. But the most important kind of empathy is cognitive empathy. And what is that? You do one, you do second, you have a conversation, but then you take an action. And action is, Rama, how can I help? What can I do, buddy? What can? That's where you build those relationships. And then T stands for trust. There, if there is no trust, there is no relationship. True. And there are, you know, Brene Brown has a braving model to talk about trust. Uh, Stephen Covey has 13 principles, uh, 13 behaviors to build. A, right. You know, it talks about speed of trust. So there are, you know, those uh, ways to build that relationship. Uh, the second piece which I talk about is believe. Do you believe in yourself? If you don't believe in yourself, how is somebody else is going to believe in you, right? So how do, what are some strategies where you build that belief in yourself? How do you unchain yourself? I talk about unchain the elephant. And the last one, which I talk about is giving back, right? Most of the time we are in this mindset of, I will give when I have something. It doesn't work that way. You have to give first before you start receiving, right? So what are some ways which you can give, right? You are a volunteer. I'm a volunteer. We're giving right now to make this organization better, to make SIM Portland better, to you know make IT leaders come in. So the more you give, the more you're going to get back, but you have to give first. So those are some ways, you know. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no. So it's, uh, it's really, yeah, don't adopt the monkey unchain the elephant, uh, uh, G-E-T, get your, um, uh, you know, so provide gratitude, uh, empathy, create trust, amazing words of wisdom. So nothing like, this is is gonna be very uh, absolutely amazing for folks who are listening because uh, it's a lot they can pick up from here. And the, the, the last aspect about networking and being part of, of these kind of uh, tech, what do you call it, technology groups or like like-minded people, right? People do yeah. business with people, and yeah. you know, go to where they are talking about their trade, right? Yeah. In Portland, for instance, uh, is a very vibrant group. Uh, it's very active. Like, like uh, you're doing absolutely amazing work there. Um, so, and and the idea is. Um, you don't always approach life with a catcher's mitt, right? Um, yeah. You know, you you talk to five different people, they'll talk to you about what's going on with them. Somewhere in there, you get an idea for, hey, I could have yeah. done this, you know, yeah. in my organization. And yeah. next time you need help, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, Sebi, I'm trying to do this. I, I heard yeah. you were you're doing this cost-benefit analysis with the cloud. Like, uh, yeah. can you share that spreadsheet with me? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Things like that, right? I mean, it's uh, if we all help each other get better. Yeah. And then, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also goes back to Fred Pond's conversation, right? <laughs> when he wanted to kind of change, like the previous um, in the series was a conversation with Fred Pond. <clears throat> As he was looking to make changes, he had this, this uh, network of, of professionals he had built over a number of years, uh, very carefully curated numbers he could pick up and talk to. So it's very important. Uh, that's another another um, great piece of advice. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. incredibly amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and and not only you know it's great for 
folks to come in but if you want to volunteer for this organization yes. right yeah. come join the organization be a volunteer there are three kinds of leadership when i talk about number one is you know you're a it leader you're a supervisor you're a boss you're a manager you have the power you have the authority right? yeah. so you can get the work done that's at number 3 in terms of complexity <clears throat> number 2 is when you're project leader right you talked about project yeah. management i want to give that you know i i have a project management background so i'm going to yeah. give that spiel in there you know when you're a project leader you don't have any power you don't have any authority but you're still responsible for delivering the results so yeah. if you want to say sabi how can i become a better leader try to go and lead a project a complex project right that's where you're going to learn your skills of motivating team building those relationships yeah. and getting the work done Absolutely. but at number 1 in terms of complexity comes a volunteer leader right. you know why yeah. yeah because they don't have any power they don't have any authority all they do all they can do is influence right as a leader and that yeah. once you start influencing right. you become the super power leader where everybody looks to you and say okay this is the guy i want to be like that how can mm. i become that so come exactly. join sim portland chapter yeah. join on the board we have positions opened right yeah. come safe environment for uh, sharpening your leadership skills 100% yeah no no kidding like yeah i couldn't i couldn't impress upon that fact more um, any more than than what you have done sebi uh, it's uh, it's incredible it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to meet a wide range of people uh, be able to immediately see the results of your actions you know do something innovative that you've never done before yeah um in a in a controlled space in a closed environment um work with teams work with other people and more importantly work with people and try to drive outcomes where you have no influence like you said yeah. right so that's yeah. the best way to learn project management uh Absolutely. can't get any better than that um, amazing amazing So yeah no we covered a lot of ground here uh, this is amazing so um uh so yeah so if i were to kind of uh, recap uh, all of this it's um you know i'm looking at a, a number of things here um so one is try to try to be a master at uh, at some one skill right Absolutely. Uh, specifically in technology uh, there are many ways to go about doing that uh, it's all knowledge is available for free or at a relatively low cost number of ways to do that look constantly seek out opportunities to sharpen that skill whether it's Absolutely. whether it's on online based forums yeah. or whether it's in a internship uh, kind of setting you know look for opportunities to uh, yeah. to do that yeah you have uh, to build a brand for that rama right you have to build a brand so if somebody says i take your name what are you known for right is right. it is it python is it what is it do, how do you stand out as great yeah no 100% and once you kind of build that brand create a platform to advertise yeah. that brand right like and and like groups like professional groups like sim are a perfect place to advertise that brand like every yeah. time you you do something you're you're also um kind of saying oh what do you do rama or what do you do sebi i mean i'm i do this this and this that's my brand right so you get to get in touch with other professionals you also get the opportunity to lead um uh, lead without influence which is the best way of leadership um definitely don't adopt the monkey <laughs> think about get uh, which is gratitude empathy and trust um you know 
uh, unchain the elephant, you know, lot of lot of lot of key 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 things for um, not just young professionals. I learned a lot from this conversation. So um, thank you, thanks a lot for uh, for everything, and more uh, importantly, for your time here. You know, yeah. No, absolutely no. Thank you for Rama for giving this opportunity to have this conversation. You know, and uh, even if we can change one life with this conversation, I think our job is done. So we're going to continue to continue to build this and continue to change lives. Hundred percent. Yeah.